0: Football MD fam coming at you guys with a bonus Saturday morning episode of the Football MD Podcast to get you guys ready to go for week four of NFL football. We're gonna be trying to do a few more episodes a week. As always, make sure you're heading over to footballmdpodcast.com to keep up with everything that we're doing and follow us at football mdpod on Instagram, Twitter, and Facebook. But to get right into it, we're gonna do a quick recap of Thursday night's game with the Rams versus the Vikings. The Rams came away with this one, 38-1. to This was a super fun game to watch. There was tons of offense. Extremely exciting. Basically, if you started anyone in this matchup outside of Dalvin Cook, the Vikings defense who put up negative points, or the Rams defense who still at least put up positive points in this matchup against the tough Vikings offense, you were pretty happy with their fantasy performance. Jared Goff became the third quarterback in history with a perfect passer rating in a game where he threw over 30 pass attempts. They had five players with at least 100 receiving yards. Really, both offenses just looked awesome. Not much more else to say there.
1: Exactly like you said, Mike. The uh, night was very bountiful for all fantasy players involved, really, except for Dalvin Cook. On the Vikings side of the ball, Kirk had an amazing game, 36 of 50, 422 yards and three touchdowns with zero interceptions. Obviously, the bad thing for the Vikings was that Kirk Cousins was their leading rusher. That happens to be a huge problem for them. Something that I'm really shocked about about this season so far is that they haven't really been doing very well on the ground. That's not just in this game. That's been a consistent theme for the Vikings this year and that's been surprising me. Obviously, the wideouts have been great though. Thielen ate for 135 yards and a touchdown with a 16.9 yards per catch average. And Thielen is the first... Since Randy Moss, only the third player in history to start a season with four straight 100-yard receiving games. So Thielen, as good as it gets. And Diggs, 11 catches for 123 yards with zero touchdowns. Also a very moderate, but Rudolph, 5 for 57 yards. No touchdown, but in full point PPR, that's good enough for 10 points. And at your tight end position, that's pretty good. But on the Rams side of the ball, Goff, 26 of 33 for 465 yards and five touchdowns. Gurley, obviously ground 17 for 83, 4.9 yards per carry. And then on the in the air, four receptions for 73 yards, one touchdown. And the amazing part was the three wide receivers all with 100 yards. Woods, five for 101 in a touchdown. Cook, seven for 116 in a touchdown. And Cup, nine for 116 in two touchdowns. So no matter who you played, you're happy with the, with the performance this week.
0: Definitely a great game. Two rough weeks in a row for the Minnesota Vikings. Not worried about them going forward. I still expect them to be contenders as the season moves forward. But to move right into our Week 4 preview, starting off with the Bengals and Falcons. There's a huge over-under in this game, mainly due to Matt Ryan and that Falcons offense being on fire. You're starting Ryan in this matchup. Obviously, with Devonta Freeman out, you're starting Tevin Coleman. Julio, you're firing him up every week. Calvin Ridley, he's worth the start on most teams this week. And moving over to the Bengals side of the ball, in my opinion... This is another game against the Falcons defense. You're basically firing up everybody if you're torn, if you should start Gio Bernard or not. I think he has top 12 potential this week. Atlanta allowed a league leading 107 receptions to the running back position last year. They're leading the league this year as well with 36 receptions. So in my opinion, if you have Bernard, you're firing him up.
1: This is one of the games, just like last night, start your Bengals, start your Falcons. The defense is on both sides of the ball, haven't really impressed especially with all the injuries on the Atlanta side. They went from a top 10 defense last year to they're going to be a bottom 10 defense this year. So no doubt about it, all season long, not just this week, start them up against the Falcons,
0: Moving on to our next game, we have the Lions and Cowboys, 43.5 point over-under. Again, in this matchup, you're firing up all three of your Lions wide receivers. They have not been targeting the tight end position at all. They vacated 100 targets last year by getting rid of Eric Ebron and Darren Fells. They're just basically going three wide on every play, so you're going to continue to start those guys. And Kerryon Johnson, he's a guy that I think should be a solid RB2 this week with right around 15 carries, solid flex option, especially with Cowboys linebacker Sean Lee out. And even the Lions defense, in my opinion, they've been slowly emerging as the season progressed. They've allowed the seventh-fewest points to quarterbacks, fifth-fewest to wide receivers. The only issue is they have allowed the most rushing yards to running backs this season. So it's a good thing, I guess, they're not playing a top-tier running back like Ezekiel Elliott this week, right? Oh, absolutely.
1: The Lions defense has been to me, underwhelming. You said they've been coming on, but I really haven't been too impressed with them. Obviously, you're not going with the Cowboys pass catchers anyway, and Zeke is a must-start every week. So that's all the tackle for the Cowboys side of the ball. On the Lions side of the ball, honestly, I would be have a little bit more pause. The Cowboys defense is a top-10 unit in the NFL this year. They may not be the most consistent unit, so obviously they are going to have games where they give up bigger plays, but they are at home. This week, playing rarely at 1 o'clock. I don't know if you've ever realized, but being America's team, they typically get America's Game of the Week. They're on national television at 4 o'clock. That's not going to be the case this this week. And I actually do think that sometimes that bodes well for certain teams to not have the spotlight on them. So I will actually say I am favoring the Cowboys in this one, and I would say be weary of your Lions. I would not say to start like a Galladay. Definitely a Tate and Jones, I would fire them up. I would not fire up any Lions running backs. Vice versa, the the Cowboys defense, I would not be playing either. Just because I do think Matt Stafford Stafford is going to account for some points, right? He is a top tier quarterback in my opinion. So no doubt I would have pause about their defense. But as far as the offensive starters on the Lions, the only one I would have pause about is Galladay.
0: Moving on to the third game of the week, we have the Bills and Packers, 45 point over under. The Packers defense is 24th in the NFL against fantasy quarterbacks. I am not suggesting anyone start Josh Allen this week. I actually think the Packers defense is a great streamer option going into this game. I do think that LaShawn McCoy, since he's expected to play, you're probably going to be starting him. I think Josh Allen's rushing ability, he does have the second most rushing attempts at the QB position. I think that opens up a little bit for the run game, but I'm still not super excited about starting Shady this week. And on the Packers side of the ball, Randall Cobb appeared on the injury report. I think that's good news for Geronimo Allison, Devontae Adams, Jimmy Graham. They're going to get extra opportunities, and if I had to start one of the Packers running backs, this is a backfield that I'm ultimately avoiding, but I would lead Aaron Jones. I just think he's the most talented, and Jamal Williams has not done much to impress me at all, but I'm avoiding this backfield all overall.
1: And for me, I would definitely not be starting any Bills. Doesn't matter who plays. They have The Packers have a top-run defense in the NFL. If you're thinking about Allen at quarterback, I think you're crazy, and I don't like any of their pass catchers. So really, we just focus on the Packers side of the ball here and start everybody. I'm not scared of the Bills' defense at all, so you could play any wide receiver that you want. I honestly would not touch the Packers run game. If you are in a position where you don't have a running back, maybe due to Joe Mixon, Devonta Freeman, something like that, you have to pick between them. Aaron Jones is the guy I would go with, but definitely all your Packers wide receivers and Aaron Rodgers fire them up with confidence.
0: Definitely. And moving over to our next game of the week, we have an AFC South matchup between the Texans and the Colts. The Colts defense is currently second in the NFL in terms of fewest points given up to opposing wide receivers. And I think that's a bit of a skewed stat. They definitely haven't played a wide receiver core as talented as DeAndre Hopkins and Will Fuller. You don't need me to convince you to fire them up. One slightly less popular player that I do like this week is Lamar Miller. I know he's been a little disappointing, he rushed for 10 yards on 10 attempts last week. You God don't need awful. me. Yeah, you don't need me to tell you that that's not good. But he was pretty solid through the air. He had 41 yards and a touchdown. So, I think against the Colts defense this week, you should be starting Miller if you don't have any better options. You shouldn't be too concerned there. On the Colts side of the ball, T.Y. Hilton, he should have a good week. He's had at least 10 targets throughout the first three weeks of the season, and I think he's a lot better from a talent standpoint than the 32nd wide receiver that he's currently ranked as. And he's actually someone that I think is a decent trade target. I think he's going to come on, and after a disappointing start to the season, he might be someone to uh, set your sights on. 100%. And
1: if you remember our week three recap episode that we released just a couple of days ago, we talked about how the Texans, we really might have to discuss wrapping up their season already if they fall to the Colts this week. So in my opinion, if you have any Texans, fire them up. I think they, got, they understand that their season is in peril here in Week 4. So if they do not win this game, it will be the end of the season. So I do think that's a little added motivation for them. Will Fuller, I think, is honestly going to rise to a fringe wide receiver 1-2 type of guy. Especially if Deshaun Watson keeps throwing 40 times a game like he has been, and as far as the Colts, I really don't, wouldn't want to touch anybody in their offense. It's not that I'm afraid of, about the Texans. It's just that there's nobody in the run game that I really trust. And honestly, right now I am very, I have a lot of pause about Andrew Luck and the whole situation with his arm strength and coming out of the game. If he's really just going to keep throwing short passes all the time. That is going to hinder production for wide receivers, even if they're getting receptions. So definitely keep an eye on that. And the only thing I will say, you might say it's a little early, but guys, keep in mind, Dante Foreman will be coming back shortly in a couple weeks. I do think it is not too early if you have a roster spot available, especially if you have an IR spot in your league that you're not currently using. Pick them up, throw them in the IR spot, put them on the bench, whatever it might be. Further down the stretch this season, he probably will be the number one running back for them. And I don't think it's too early to start thinking about that now.
0: And speaking of running backs, if you were planning on starting Marlon Mack this week, first of all, you shouldn't be anyway. But I'm not sure if he has been officially ruled out just yet. But the Colts did sign Jeremy McNichols from their practice squad. So anytime you see a team signing someone from their practice squad in light of another player's injury it's usually not a good sign so Marlon Mack definitely don't plan on starting him this week if you were but our next game we have the New York Jets playing the Jacksonville Jaguars just a 38 and a half point over under in this game this is the lowest of the season by far and there's really not much to be excited about here Fournette he seems good to go you're firing him up and maybe Keelan Cole I mean I'm not super thrilled about him against the Jets defense this week but the Jets have given up 30 fantasy points per game to the wide receiver position, and Cole does lead the Jacksonville Jaguars in targets this year. So, I guess Keelan Cole, if I had to start somebody from the Jags other than Leonard Fournette, he's your guy. I pretty much
1: have the same notes that on the Jacksonville Jaguars side of the ball, Fournette or nobody. Like even if Fournette was was to sit, and you know you had Yeldon, or I just think behind Leonard Fournette, it is going to be a committee and it's never going to be one guy. It might be one guy in a given game, but you don't know what guy that's going to be each game, so it's not like worth trusting, and if you want to trust Bortles, again, like you said, go with the targets. Go with the, the volume of work and with Keelan Cole, but it's really... Look at the Titans game last week, and I'm not saying the Jets are... The Jets defense is going to hold the Jags to no touchdowns like the Titans did last week, but... The Jags offense isn't that good to begin with, so I would definitely try at all costs to stay away from it, except for Fournette, and obviously, the Jets, you're not playing any Jets against Jags. If you really, really have to, I will say, play Crowell, and it's because I don't think that the game is going to be a blowout. I think it's going to be a low-scoring affair. Crowell might get one on the goal line. That's That's my honest opinion. I don't think Powell Powell, with his receiving upside is going to be very involved when it's going to come down to the last couple minutes and they're probably not going to be needing to save time.
0: Agreed there. And moving on to our next game, we have the Miami Dolphins playing the New England Patriots. This is a game that I think has some surprising potential for fantasy actually. In Ryan Tannehill's last three games playing in New England, he's currently averaging 344 passing yards per game. For some reason, he just puts up a ton of yardage in New England, usually because they're down early and he has to move the ball, but he could be a nice streaming candidate there. And I think there's some sneaky upside to the Dolphins wide receivers. They're currently averaging 7.8 yards after the catch this season. The league average is around four yards after the catch, so they've definitely been getting downfield through the air. And the Patriots have been giving up 36.9 points per game to wide receivers. So I think Kenny Stills should be a solid start if you're in a tough spot. I'm just kind of following the targets there. And Albert Wilson, he could be a sneaky flex player in deeper leagues. And the only other player from the Dolphins that you may be forced to start this week is Kenyon Drake. He was a high draft pick for a lot of people, and he's been pretty disappointing throughout the early part of the season. He definitely has the talent, and I think this could be a matchup where he surprises a lot of people. The Patriots are giving up the third most rushing yards per game this year. So if Kenyon Drake isn't able to put together a nice game, I'm going to be pretty down on him going forward from this point out.
1: Yeah, and the way I see this game is I would honestly start most of your offensive weapons neither of the defenses scare me too much. And surprisingly, the Dolphins usually play the Patriots very, very tough. I know in New England, I know more so in Miami than New England. And obviously this battle is in New England. But like you said, the Pats haven't been necessarily good on defense. And the thing that worries me about about the Dolphins, I'll ask
0: you, which
1: wide receiver do you really trust week in and week out?
0: I don't really trust any of them week in and week out. This is just a situation where I would want to follow the targets. And Kenny Stills has been leading the team in targets. So that's where I would go. Opportunity is everything, especially for fantasy football. So that's where I lean there.
1: Well, you made exactly my point, which was that there's no but one guy that I would trust. You know, you say Kenny Stills is getting the majority of the targets. But, but we all know that Kenny Stills is a boomer bus player. And you never really know what you're going to get. Honestly, I feel that way about most of the Dolphins wide receivers. I think it's going to stay that way for the majority of the season. The games that I have watched, the film that I watch, I just think they're a team that is relying on the big play right now, especially in the passing game, and I don't know how much that will
0: sustain. Yeah, and 7.8 yards after the catch, that's not something that's going to continue. As I mentioned, that's almost double the league average. That's extremely unsustainable, especially from an offense that isn't particularly high-powered. So definitely expect that to regress at some point.
1: On the other side of the ball for the Patriots, obviously you're starting up Tom Brady. And right now, obviously, don't jump in on any... Pass catchers for them right now. Nobody's Unless really Their come, name is Rob Gronkowski. Goes without being said, Gronkowski is an every week start. But besides Gronk, there is no wide y- receiver that I trust just yet. I'm not gonna say that this is gonna be the week for Gordon, or you know, wait until that happens. Wait until you see that before you're willing to pull the trigger. The one skill position player that I will be advocating for you to pull the trigger on this week is Sony Michelle. Now you've been, you have been waiting for him to break out. Now I do think he's going to have that opportunity without Rex Burkhead. I know James White will still be there. I know that they still have rotational guys in the in the mix, and I am an advocate for the fact that the Patriots will never have a three-down workhorse back. That being said, I do think this is the time where Sonny Michel... We'll kick it up and start producing in that offense a little bit more and be a reliable fantasy option.
0: Yeah, this is definitely the most clarity that we've seen in the Patriots' backfield since really before I can remember. I know James White is still there, but every team has another guy. Devonta Freeman has Tevin Coleman, who's involved. Joe Mixon has Giovanni Bernard, who's involved. Every team has two running backs at this point that are both going to get some touches each week. And I think Sony Michel just has a ton of upside. Last week, he didn't really impress anybody, but he saw a ton of eight-man fronts, and we've seen his involvement increase over the last two weeks. He had 10 carries in week two, 17 total touches in week three, so I think Sony Michel is definitely worth a start this week. And just to kind of hop back to the pass catching options in New England, Chris Hogan, he has been pretty much a bust up until this point in the season, but Miami was top five in fantasy points allowed to the wide receiver position last year. So although I am still hesitant about Chris Hogan, and I would avoid him if I could, the Dolphins are also 29th in the league right now in passing yards to wide receivers. So this could be a week where we see him have a much better performance than we've seen up until this point. But to move on to our next game, we have the Tennessee Titans playing the Philadelphia Eagles. And there's really no one from the Titans offense that I'm confident in starting this week. I do think that Corey Davis could be a solid wide receiver three option with some wide receiver two upside, just because there's no Delaney Walker. Rashard Matthews asked for his re- release from the team this past week, so he's one of the only pass catching options available there, even though that offense has been underwhelming to say the least. But Derek Henry and Deion Lewis, they've both been disappointing as well. I don't have much confidence in either of them. I do think that Lewis could be a buy low candidate, especially if he has a down week here. I think a lot of Lewis owners are going to be pretty low and willing to give him away for just about anything at this point. So definitely someone to target. And you may feel the same way about Derrick Henry.
1: Yes, I was just going to say I'm (laughs) going the exact opposite way. Uh, uh, I'm going the exact opposite in that backfield. I'm buying low on Derrick Henry because 18 carries You know, last week. The volume was there. Yes, he wasn't productive with that 18 carries, but... Last week, they also played the Jags. So he got the volume. He just didn't get the production. It's against the Jags. If we got that healthy of a volume against a team that, you know, is not the
0: Jags, that is probably a lot more production than you saw last week. And on the Eagles side of the ball, I think if you have Carson Wentz, you're probably playing him. The Titans defense has been pretty solid. But in their matchups, it feels like the offenses that they've been playing have been having just really down days in general. So I do think Carson Wentz, he could have a nice day here. The pass catching options, I guess Nelson Aguilar, he's been getting a ton of targets. So you could do a lot worse if you have him and you're in a tight spot. He's someone that could definitely fill in for you at the flex position. And for the running game, Jay Ajayi, he had an injury to his back. He's saying that he's good to play. But I have no interest in starting Ajayi. Again, the Titans defense has been pretty tough. So even without the injury, I wouldn't be projecting Ajayi for a solid game. And if his injury flares up and he gets pulled out of the game, he could leave you with zero points. So that's not a risk that I'm willing to take on.
1: The Titans defense has been really good. Really good. So I would have a little bit of pause. I probably won't start anybody in the run game. Carson Wentz, obviously, I would play just because of the potential. And a lot of people probably drafted him at his value from last season, and we're waiting on him. So if you've been waiting on him to go back, come back and you've been streaming from week to week and it's you've been struggling with that, go ahead, put him in your lineup. And just a little temper expectations warning on a stud from the Eagles, it would be Zach Ertz. The Tennessee Titans are the number one team against the tight end position right now. They have really good coverage safety safeties and linebackers that make it very difficult for tight ends to produce. So I would definitely, obviously, you're not taking Zach Ertz out of your lineup. I'm not advocating for that. Keep him in. He still has a ton of potential, being that he is the number one target in that offense. But definitely, definitely, definitely temper expectations, even with Zach Ertz this week.
0: Yeah, any streaming option that you put in could be just as volatile as a top tight end going against the top defense. So definitely firing Zach Ertz up this week. But to move on, we have the Seattle Seahawks playing the Arizona Cardinals. This game has a 38.5 point over under. I think that in this matchup, both of these defenses should be decent plays if you've been playing the streaming game and you're looking for a team to plug in here. I don't expect this game to be very impressive from an offensive standpoint at all, although I'm not willing to sit David Johnson. He has had two touchdowns this season. Although he's been underwhelming, I'm still not willing to move him to my bench just yet. And one potential sneaky start from the Cardinal side of the ball, Christian Kirk. I think he's at least worth a speculative waiver wire, Ed, and he's, again, not someone that I'm willing to start this week. But if you're really in a tight spotter and you're in a really deep PPR league I think you could do worse. Last week, we saw him get eight targets, seven receptions, and 90 yards. But the Cardinals are one of just two teams in the NFL to have no touchdowns come from their wide receiver core. The other is the Dallas Cowboys. So Christian Kirk, Larry Fitzgerald, I think they're people that you want on your team. You want to hold them, but they're not people that I'm too confident in starting this week. And on the Seahawks side of the ball, really the only two guys that I'm interested in starting, I know Doug Baldwin is expected to come back from his injury, but any injury that keeps somebody out for multiple weeks, I'm not super interested in starting them their first week back.
1: Not to mention he probably has Patrick Peterson.
0: Yeah, that's going to be that's gonna be a tough matchup, and we don't really know how healthy he truly is at this point, so I'm going to avoid the risk with Doug Baldwin this week, but the Cardinals have been destroyed on the ground this year, and Chris Carson, he has been questionable after getting 30 touches in his game last week, but I think Chris Carson could have a nice day against that weak Cardinals run defense. And Tyler Lockett, I mean, he's now put up 14 or more PPR points in the first three games of the season. So if Baldwin is limited, I wouldn't be surprised if Lockett puts up another nice game here. Although I think Baldwin's involvement in that offense is going to have a dramatic effect on Lockett at some point. I'm a little
1: high on the Cardinals this week, so I will say, Star Fitzgerald. There's no cornerback on Seattle that really scares me, even though Griffin has been good. And expect the production that you were expecting in the beginning of the season by DJ this week. I'm not saying it's going to be every week, week in and week out, but I do think this week DJ is going to pay off. You're going to be happy to have him on your roster. And I will even say after he has a decent week this week, you might consider selling high. On David Johnson this year. It's gonna be a rough in redraft leagues. Let me clarify. In redraft leagues. In the Dynasty League, obviously do not get rid of, <laughs> do not get rid of David Johnson in a Dynasty League. But in a redraft league, do not be scared to ship him off. I do think the Cardinals are going to have a pretty bad season. And like my co has said, for Seattle, the pass catchers I would avoid. And in the running game, I would start Chris Carson. I would avoid Penny unless Chris Carson obviously doesn't go then start up Penny because I do think if Carson's not there, Penny is in line for that 30 to 20 touches range.
0: For sure. And we have five games left here for you guys, so we're going to try and fire through them nice and quick. We have the Cleveland Browns playing the Oakland Raiders. And I think from the Brown side of the ball, there's a ton of opportunity for Jarvis Landry and Antonio Callaway with Baker Mayfield taking his first official NFL start. So I think Landry is a borderline wide receiver one going forward and in this week. I think Antonio Callaway could be a nice flex start, provide a nice boom for your team. And for their running game, Carlos Hyde, he's averaging 22 touches per game right now. That's sixth in the NFL. Mayfield's only going to open things up more for him. And while I know he's been underwhelming with his touches, he has a low yards per carry average. He's been getting that opportunity, and it does not look like they're going to steer away from that. It's been working well for the team. So expect Carlos Hyde to be very involved and very productive against the Raiders. And a bit of a sleeper pick, if you want to call it that, we have David Njoku. The Raiders have given up four touchdowns and a passer rating of 154 to quarterbacks targeting slot receivers this season. David Njoku's run more than 50% of his routes from the slot this year, and I think he'll be a nice safety blanket for Baker Mayfield, who, as I mentioned on the week three breakdown, Mayfield was great at targeting the tight end during his time at Oklahoma.
1: Yeah, and for me on the brown side of the ball, right now we know that Jarvis Landry is obviously the number one wide receiver. If you have Callaway... I would not start him this week like my co-host said. I will go the opposite direction and be a little bit more conservative. I would wait a week to see what the breakdown looks between Higgins and Callaway with Baker Mayfield at quarterback. do expect there to be an increase in passing attempts on the Cleveland Browns with Baker Mayfield at quarterback. But I would just like to see how that event exactly shakes out for Callaway and Higgins before I confidently start either one of the two
0: yeah I think you would only start Callaway if you're really looking for that boom potential in your lineup other than that he's definitely not a safe option this week but to move over to the Raiders I think Marshawn Lynch is actually a pretty solid start this year he's currently fourth in the league in red zone carries he's turned three of his red zone carries into touchdowns and I'll admit he has been pretty touchdown dependent but he's pretty touchdown reliable as well. Marshawn Lynch, beast mode, you know he's going to be effective in the red zone, so I definitely like him there, especially with the Browns giving up 25 points per game to the running back position this season so far. So I think Lynch should see some healthy volume and he should be a pretty valuable option at the running back position this week. And then the only other guy that you might want to consider starting, I'm not buying into Jordy Nelson's performance last week. I think that was more anomalous than anything. But Amari Cooper, he's just someone, I said it in the preseason, he's someone that I never trust putting into my lineup. But if you don't have better options, you could chase the potential blow-up game that we've seen from him. But I never feel good about Cooper in my lineup, even though we've seen the talent that he possesses.
1: Yeah, it breaks my heart to agree with you on that one. Because <sighs> I do love Amari Cooper, and I don't think it's a talent problem. But you can't really say it's not—it's an opportunity problem, because they are now... Clearly targeting him as the number one wide receiver there. Obviously, with the anomaly being last week, but in the first couple games, it's been clear, and Gruden has been clear, that he loves Amari Cooper and that he is the number one wide receiver there, and that they will be trying to get him involved and get him the ball. It's just difficult because it's not like Derek Carr is a bad passer. It's not like Amari Cooper is a bad wide receiver. It's just not working out for them right now. The only guy really on the offense that you can trust. Is Marshawn Lynch. I have somebody trying to trade for him right now. Mike Bo, our offensive line specialist, just get over it. Accept the trade. (laughs) Sorry for that little rant, but just do it.
0: Um. (laughs) Other than that, though, from the Raiders' (laughs) side of the ball, I'm not trusting Derek Carr this week, and I actually think that the Cleveland Browns' defense is a very, very streamable option this week. The Browns' defense has looked solid, and they're going up against the Raiders' offense that has not looked solid. I guess you, I guess you can say. But to move over to our next game of the week, we have the San Francisco 49ers playing the LA Chargers. This game has a 46 and a half point over under and there's a lot of concern here with Jimmy Garoppolo. He's out for the season now. What does that mean for these pass catching options? And for me, it means that I am avoiding them. From what we saw from CJ Beathard Last season, he had a 54% completion percentage. He threw four touchdowns, six interceptions, and had a 69 passer rating. That was in just six games. Four touchdowns, six interceptions in just six games. So I'm definitely not confident for starting Marquise Goodwin this week against a Chargers defense that has been tough against wide receivers playing out, out wide. And even George Kittle, somebody that I love. I definitely want to see it from Kittle before I trust him going forward. And the Chargers have allowed no touchdowns and just 5.9 PPR points per game to the tight end position this season. The one bright spot that I do want to start on the 49er side of the ball is Matt Breda. He's currently averaging 8.4 yards per touch. That's the top in the NFL. And I think he's going to continue being involved. He's the one option on this offense that I'm not worried about in week four.
1: He's also the league leader in rushing yards. So obviously off to a great start this this year is Matt Bryda. I'd just be careful with the fact that, you know, he himself has even stressed the fact that he may sit a game or two, being that it is a longer season and he wants to be healthy for the longevity of the season. I know that he's the rushing leader in the NFL right now, but if you watch the tape, he did have that really really long rushing touchdown and besides that he's been very underwhelming. And he hasn't been great if you watch the tape. Obviously the box score doesn't tell you the entire the entirety of the story. The, the what I will say about the 49ers run game is I do think it will get a, bu- a bump. Everybody has said that the 49ers offense is going to take a hit being that Jimmy GQ is out and that's true. I do disagree in the run game, though. I do think in the run game that they will try to funnel more carries and catches through the run game. Obviously, check downs, what have you, with a le- less capable passer at quarterback, probably C.J. Bethard. So just like you said, have pause about the pass catching options. But go ahead, start Breda. If Bryda doesn't go, start Morris. I think there's going to be a ton of work to come out of
0: that backfield Of course, and moving over to the Chargers' side of the ball, you're basically firing up all of their offensive weapons. I think even Austin Eckler, he could be a decent flex play, especially if the Chargers get ahead early. They may be willing to rest Melvin Gordon a little bit. So if you have Eckler, you're in a tight spot at running back, start him. Tyrell Williams is the only guy that I wouldn't be thrilled about starting. And Keenan Allen is on the injury report. I think that he will play this week, but for any reason, if he is forced to miss time, if he does sit, Definitely, definitely fire up Mike Williams. I think he's going to be in line for a huge workload if that happens.
1: Yeah, the Chargers honestly fire him up, in my opinion. You know, uh, wide receiver. Even if Keenan Allen goes, I think Williams has worked his way to the number two wide receiver spot on that team. And I think he's going to be worth a, honestly, every week start, at least as a flex. Because Phillip Rivers throws enough where you can rely on production for two wide receivers, albeit... Allen or somebody else and Williams, it doesn't matter. There's going to be enough production to go around there in that offense. Surprisingly to us, their defense hasn't been good, so they have to score to stay in games and that I don't see that changing until Bosa gets back sometime in November. So definitely absolutely start your Chargers, you know, obviously Melvin Gordon is automatic. All your Chargers, start them up in my opinion, except for the tight end position. The tight end position without Hunter Henry has been not very impressive.
0: Now, moving over to the New Orleans Saints playing the New York Giants. This game has a 50.5 point over-under, and I'm expecting big things from a fantasy perspective. Of course, from the Saints, we know that they have a prolific offense, but from the Giants as well. The Saints are currently giving up 55 points per game to the wide receiver position, so obviously you're firing up Odell Beckham Jr., but with Evan Ingram out, I think Sterling Shepard is a great start this week. I think he's going to be a top 20 player at the position at least. And I think even Eli Manning, if you're in a tight spot, a quarterback in a deep league, two quarterback league, especially if you're in a tight spot, Eli Manning should provide a nice game for you. And from the same side of the ball, you know the guys that you're firing up. Michael Thomas, Alvin Kamara, you don't need me to tell you that. But I think Ted Ginn and Benjamin Watson are also decent streamers if you have to plug somebody in. I think there's going to be a lot of pass attempts to go around, a lot of opportunity, a lot of production. So you're firing up a lot of the guys in this game.
1: Some groundbreaking analysis for you guys here. This is going to be a shootout. So as my co-host said, don't be afraid to start them up both sides of the ball. Neither of the defenses has been good. Let me just pause and separate real quick. How disappointed are you in the Chargers and Saints defense this year?
0: I had them both as top five units going in. I'm really hoping that they managed to turn it around. But we're already through three weeks, and they are not looking good. So it's not and like the Saints, they're
1: not... And the Saints have, are 32nd. They have been the absolute worst <laughs> defense in the NFL.
0: And it's not like they're not getting help from their offense either. So And
1: then it's not like they have injuries or anything like that. Yeah. Like, at least the Chargers, you know, you're, you're missing Bosa, who I, I get it is just one player, but... Bosa has the quickest from snap to sack time in in the NFL, which is huge. That means your your coverage guys do not have to cover very long because it doesn't take very long for Bosa to be in that backfield disrupting the play.
0: This is exactly why you don't draft your defense early in your fantasy draft. You really don't know... If they're going to repeat year in and year out, this is why you wait. This is exactly why we harped on it all offseason. But to move on to our next game, we have the Baltimore Ravens playing the Pittsburgh Steelers. This game, another high over under 51 points. Of course, you're starting Big Ben. You're starting James Conner. You're starting Antonio Brown. You're starting Juju Smith-Schuster. They're going to be great. I think Vance McDonald could be a decent streamer at the tight end position. He had a nice week last week. I was high on him going into the season. So again, tight end is just a volatile position in general. If you're in a...
1: I have to disagree with my co-host here. Yeah, Vince McDonald had a good week last week, but there was that one big 75-yard touchdown. That has to account for what? 80% of his points last week? I just don't see it. And not only that, I do not think that they are committed to one tight end. I think week in and week out, you're going to get Jesse James and Vince McDonald, and you're not going to know which one you're going to get. So to me, I'm actually avoiding the tight ends on that team altogether.
0: That's definitely fair. Um, If you're in a tough spot and you're looking for a streamer, you're in a deep league, you've taken on some injuries by weeks of starting up, and you may have to start either Vance McDonald or Jesse James, I think I would prefer McDonald. But yeah, like my co-host said, definitely not someone that you should be excited about plugging into your lineup this week. But to move over to the Ravens side of the ball, I think Joe Flacco, we had him as a decent streamer last week against the Broncos defense. He's definitely worth streaming this week against the Steelers defense. He's currently averaging 296 yards per game with two touchdowns. The Steelers secondary has not been very good at all, so I think you could do a lot worse than Joe Flacco. And tying into Joe Flacco, I love John Brown this week. John Brown is still on some waiver wires. I don't understand it, people add him to your team if he's available, and I think he's a great start this week. He currently has two touchdowns on the season, and he's averaging 15 PPR points per game. Meanwhile, the Steelers have allowed six touchdowns and an average of 46.8 PPR points per game to the wide receiver position this year. So John Brown, I think you should be locking him into your lineup this week. Obviously not over your must-start guys, but John Brown should be finding his way onto a lot of rosters this week.
1: Yeah, I mean, we've seen the Steelers this year, right? Like, We know that they're not really playing defense. They don't even have to put anybody out there. They get the same production. So definitely start all your Ravens against them.
0: I think even Buck Allen could have a nice day on Sunday. You know, Big Ben, he's going to be putting up points at home. They might have to throw to the running back position a little bit more frequently.
1: Yeah, absolutely. And you know what? I just want to say this doesn't really have to do with the fantasy implications of this game. I just want to say we are a long way from the Ravens and Steelers that we used to know. You used to look at this game, and this was going to be a hard-hitting defense affair. And it's a little unfortunate to me as a fan of football after all these years that, that's, that we've gotten away from that. That this is the matchup that is going to be an offensive-driven matchup, a shootout. It's just a little depressing to me. Sorry to vent to you guys about that, but as a fan of the sport and as you guys fans of the sport, I hope you understand what I'm sp- saying for the younger generations they probably might not feel it as much but i know that the older generations understand what i'm saying as far as this this game used to scream a defensive matchup that's just not what they do now in the nfl and to me it's just a little upsetting but you know as far as fantasy purposes this is another game where it's a lot of te- a lot of the players are going to benefit from these uh from these these matchups
0: 100% and now moving over to our final game of the week monday night we have the Kansas City Chiefs playing the Denver Broncos. This game has a 55 and a half point over under. This is one of the highest over unders that I may have ever seen. And this is definitely shaping up to be an exciting game. A lot of stuff to look out for. For fantasy purposes, I think you're basically firing up everyone in this matchup. Obviously, Demarius Thomas, he's been a little underwhelming, but I think he'll be a nice start. Sanders has been great. You're starting him. The Kansas City Chiefs, of course, we know about that offense. You're firing up basically all of your skill position players from the Kansas City Chiefs. A few less popular picks, I think Philip Lindsay is in line for a really solid day. The Chiefs average 111 receiving yards to the running back position this year. We know he's a solid pass catching option, so Philip Lindsay could be in line for a nice day. I think even Royce Freeman, he's worth, the start if you're looking for a flex option if your team's dealing with some injuries i like freeman to have a serviceable day this week and even quarterback case keenum i know he's definitely been a disappointment on the season but this is going to be a high scoring game they're going to have to throw the ball it's home in denver so i think keenum has a nice game as well
1: yeah i can't agree more about uh start your guys here you know it's hard to see that chiefs offense really coming down to earth they just have really been so good but i do want to say that I do have a little pause about the Chiefs this week. In my opinion, they're going to be facing the best defense that they've played so far this season. Even still, though, divisional game, in mile high, prime time. So I do think a lot of that does favor the Denver Broncos this week. And if they are going to win this game, it's going to be by that defense finally stepping up and finally taking it to Patrick Mahomes and the Kansas City Chiefs. That is the only way I can see them winning. They will not win a shootout against the Chiefs.
0: And that being said, this is going to be a very interesting game to watch for quarterback Patrick Mahomes. He's been nothing but lights out for the early portion of the season so far. So going up against, as Dan said, the toughest defensive matchup that he's seen so far. This is a great opportunity for him to start to silence some of the doubters of his potential in the NFL these next two weeks really he's playing the Broncos this week they play the Jacksonville Jaguars next week so a big two-game stretch for Patrick Mahomes super exciting to see how the second year quarterback performs but that is all that we have for you guys this week thank you guys for tuning in bonus episode episode two of the week like I said we're going to be trying to put out a few more episodes for you guys keep you primed and ready throughout the NFL and fantasy football season so thank you guys for tuning in make sure you're checking footballmdpodcast.com following us at football md pod on instagram twitter and facebook good luck this week guys and also guys before we head out i do just want to say do not forget today
1: is saturday and it is all about college football i know we focus here a lot on the nfl go check out the college football corner written by our own chris ronan he's been giving you high quality content preparing you for each and every saturday college football and we got some big matchups this week you have stanford at notre dame 7 and 8 going up against each other and you also have ohio state and penn state number four and number nine going at it so a couple of marquee big matchups going down this weekend remember to tune in today and enjoy